episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio is a platform that helps growth-focused e-commerce brands drive more sales with super-targeted, highly relevant email, Facebook, and Instagram marketing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Justin Ferryman. He is the co-founder of a learning management software called LearnDash, which is a WordPress plugin that uh, that we've used and continue to use on a number of our courses. And I thought it would be great to talk about the state of online learning. So, Justin, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me here, John. I've been a, I've been a fan of yours for quite some time. Oh, well, thank you. So let me just ask you the big global question. Um, where are we kind of in, in, and I know you've been in the space for a while and I know you study it. Um, are we, you know, is it waning? Is it growing? Is it changing? What, how would you kind of describe what's going on in, in terms of online learning? Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, it's growing. I think uh, most people can probably see that just with, uh, you know, just as they go on the internet. I mean, everybody's offering a course, be it a formal institution now they're getting towards online courses as a offering for students and also entrepreneurs and, and folks like yourself who have online courses. So the industry as a whole is growing. It is getting a little bit more challenging now in different ways and more so for uh, keeping somebody's attention, keeping a learner's attention and keeping them engaged and interested. So uh, that's been you know, gone are the days where you could just kind of put up a video on a web page and think that that was, you know, that that would get the job done. It used to, but not so much anymore. Yeah, no, I, I certainly remember that. So, but but now you see so many people rushing online, you know, to produce courses, and you know, every you know every consultant is teaching people to you know create courses, and uh, uh, now you have, as you said, I mean, you've got the you know, of course, the Udemy's and the uh, LinkedIn Learning, you know, platforms that are. Uh, in some ways, um, I think democratizing, you know, course production and creation and consumption uh, because it's, you know, it's gotten so, so darn inexpensive uh, as well. So, you know, the, the 799 course better be pretty darn unique and, and pretty, you know, full of some from stuff. So let me ask you first, where, where do you see most people? I hate to start on a negative, but let's, let's clear this part up. Where do you see most people getting it wrong? I think um, maybe I'll make an analogy. It would be the better thing to do in this for this question. And remember a number of years ago where everybody was getting this advice that they should create an ebook or, you know, have an ebook on their site and have a download that used to be enough to differentiate. You could have an ebook. People would go, Oh, wow, that's really cool. And they would download it or purchase it. And then everybody had an ebook. And you kind of alluded to the fact that there's all these different places to have courses, LinkedIn, Udemy and all that. Um, everybody's got a course. So how are you going to differentiate it? And I think that if somebody's selling a course, I'm going to speak from strictly someone that wants to monetize their knowledge. If they're selling a course, the biggest mistake I see is they think that just creating a course and putting a price on it is going to be enough now when their energy, creating the course is important to put your energy there, but you should also have as much energy, maybe even more going into the differentiation and knowing your market and how you're going to stand out and what's your message and how is it more laser focused than, you know, something broad, um, you know, broad on a, a certain topic like marketing. Okay. So that's, that's not going to cut it anymore. So I've produced courses for years, um, kind of as, as soon as it was something that was you know doable. Um, as soon as some of the first membership plugins came along um, and what always frustrates, 
frustrated me was, uh, you know, people would start with good intentions and, you know, they, they would never take action on the stuff that they'd learned. You know, I'd follow up with people. Hey, okay. You went through this, you consumed this, you know, what have you done? Um, and you know, maybe this is just a human condition that we can't solve, but, um, you know, why don't people take action on the stuff they learn sometimes? I wish I had an answer for that, but you're not wrong. And what you observed just for your own courses is actually what plagues the online learning industry in general. So uh, it, with, I think if there's some studies that have been done with uh, formal education, like universities, and their completion rates are abysmal when you can play, when you compare online students to the ones that show up that go to class and have to be there in person. So that is a, a trend that we see. And I think to counteract that, that's when you see features like gamification and the points and the badges, trying to keep people entertained uh, to some degree, those touch points. Um, the fact that you are reaching out uh, directly with folks is huge because uh, that that probably did keep people invested longer than if you just set up something and you know set it and forget it and didn't ever, ever follow up. How important do you think that, uh, j- just on that point, um, a kind of a hybrid course. So in other words, the, the training's there, but there, it comes with a coach or it comes with an instructor who is going to, you know, contextualize it, maybe personalize it and maybe give you feedback. Is that an element that you think is where we have to go now to, to kind of stand out a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I think people are um, seeing that now that they can put out the content, but if you have that kind of, it's a blended learning approach, right? You have some, some interaction, be it with a webinar or even it can be like a forum or a Facebook group. Those are huge. Now Facebook groups are kind of that, uh, attempting to close the loop between the material, uh, getting the material and then seeing that other people are doing kind of social proof, but then also having other people to talk to about it, about implementing the material. So that's like that, that last part that everybody drops off at, or traditionally they have, uh, that blended learning approach. You're seeing folks now have conferences attached to their, their courses, uh, maybe once a year, be it online or in person. So I think, uh, those are the courses that are most successful. Um, I know that you, are friends with Troy Dean and uh, he's got very successful courses because he does do that. He's very, um, you know, he's very in touch with his learners and his user base and he's constantly interacting with them, not just giving them course material. Yeah. And I think like a lot of course creators and instructors have learned that it's gotten harder to sell courses, you know, just blank to people. I think a lot of purchasers have bought, you know, they've, they bought 10 courses they did nothing with. So I'm not going to give the 399 for another course, you know, that it's just going to sit there on my hard drive. So I think that that idea of, okay, I, I might pay more for this, but I know I'll at least get some results if it has that kind of blended learning idea. Yeah, you're right. And I think, and you know this better than anybody, but you, when you're selling somebody a course, you're not selling them the material of the course, you're selling them the results of whatever that course is teaching. And if somebody is looking to buy the course and they see that there's these actual touch points with the instructor or with coaches or what have you, then they're going to feel like uh, the result that you are selling them, they're going to feel like, okay, I can obtain that because I have this extra help. It's not all on me. So I know that I've seen you, either you personally or certainly from LearnDash, um, this concept of storyboarding a course, um, almost like you would do an ad. Um, back in the day or a video, you know, that would be, but you're, you're talking about actually storyboarding the entire flow of the course. And I think that that, I think a lot of people probably do just jump in and go, okay, what's lesson one going to be, um, you know, as opposed to kind of, uh, 
and, and so kind of maybe unpack that idea, that practice of storyboarding a whole course. Explain that, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny you bring that up. So uh, actually, that whole concept and my allegiance to that concept comes from my life prior to LearnDash. I was an e-learning consultant setting up these programs for uh, big big name companies, Fortune 500s, the U.S. government, et cetera. And there was no way that they would let us just start creating courses without storyboarding them and getting them approved. So this was actually a good exercise because before we got into the tech, which I think is what people make the mistake is they get the tech because it's the shiny, you know, the shiny bells and whistles and it's really exciting and fun. But before you even get to that, you can open up a Word document. We did it in uh, Microsoft Word or sometimes PowerPoint. And we would just start mapping out uh, the structure of the course, the sections, the lessons, how we're going to splice those lessons up. Uh, We call them topics and then checkpoint quizzes and quizzes and assignments if that was relevant. And you just start, you don't have to fill that slide with exactly what you're going to teach but you just start going through what you want to cover and making sure that these key points of your, you know, your, whatever your topic is are, are getting um, addressed. And then uh, it helps you create a flow, something, you know, whatever's in your head. Sometimes it just makes more sense because you're seeing the final product. But when you actually say like, okay, we're going to spend five minutes on this particular topic. Oh shoot. I don't have five minutes of material. And then you start thinking more through it. And so I think uh, that's a lost art to some degree. Because, uh, like I said, when you see uh, when when you're go- looking at software, what are you going to use? Whether it's Learn Dash or something else, and you see it being demoed, and you're super excited because you're like, "Wow, that looks really cool! I can have that right away!" And people want to jump right in, and start tinkering. Um, yeah, the storyboarding kind of gets put on the wayside. But I think um, I'm a fan of it. You, sh- you should take the time to to uh, kind of map out your uh, map out your journey for your student. Well, and I think that going back to sort of traditional, you know, academic principles, it's it, it also to me starts kind of with what what do I want the learner to achieve here? Not like what am I trying to teach? It's like what what are they going to be able to do, you know, because of this? And I think sometimes if you start there, you might actually create something that's more useful. Yeah, you you can even start your lesson by saying at the end of this lesson, you are going to be able to you know, that's a good way to kind of start things out. And then now you have to fulfill that promise. So as you create your content, you go back to that statement. How am I fulfilling that promise statement at the beginning of the lesson? I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers. And this allows you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. There's powerful segmentation, email autoresponders that are ready to go, great reporting. You want to learn a bit a little bit about the secret to building customer relationships? They've got a really fun series called Clavio's Beyond Black Friday. It's a docu-series, a lot of fun, quick lessons. Just head on over to Clavio.com Beyond BF, Beyond Black Friday. So how uh, you mentioned a couple, but but you know, are there some tried and true practices? And the, the bad thing about this is just as the space evolves, the tried and true practices, you know stop working too. But, you know, are there some tried and true practices for creating more engagement uh, as a general rule? Like these are kind of like, you know, table stakes now. Yeah. Um, there's some things that you can definitely do. Um, and that can be as simple as, um, I know a lot of people think of engagement like gamification, which definitely is one. And for those that are listening that don't know what gamification is, it's uh, when you're completing different tasks, be it a lesson in a course, maybe you get a badge or some points, those can be exchanged later on, or maybe they're put on your profile. 
Uh, but be, before you do any of that, some simple engagement things can just be content variation uh, with the delivery. So a lot of times people, they, if they're into videos, they do video after video after video after video. I mean, at some point, like you, you got to stimulate a different part of the brain, break it up with a quiz. Maybe you just have some text now. Maybe you got some kind of drag and drop exercise. Maybe an exercise that people step away and they have to upload something and then go post in a forum. Get people engaging more with the content with different parts of their brain than just watching uh, because they're going to forget most things anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right. I mean, there are definitely, I've seen the course where, you know, somebody's able to do three hours of material at one, you know, at one time and break it up into five minute videos and they've got, you know, a giant program. Yeah, that's true. So do you think that, that everyone need? and again, that's really broad, should most companies be thinking about courses, even if they don't think of themselves as like a training company? Um, Hmm. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, are there, you know, the traditional sense is that I sell a course because it's part of my coaching program or, you know, whatever, but like, would a remodeling contractor benefit from a training program for employees? Yes. Uh, the short answer to that is yes. Uh, I think if you're selling courses, I mean, there's, you can sell courses or you can give them away for free as like a lead gen, um, I've seen, uh, I'll give you an example of somebody that was in a completely unrelated field that uh, I was talking to him. So I went to go get a new suit and I was this place. They do, they did do some custom suits and they had some suits there. And I'm talking to the owner and he was like, uh, tell me about his business. Very successful guy, really likable. And he asked me what I did. And I explained, oh, you know, I have a software, uh, I own a software company that makes it easy to create and sell online courses. And he started asking about it. And I was like, you know, you should create a course, like how to pick the right suit for your, you know, for you. And just like, it's a free course. People can register, you get their email, you get their contact information. Now you can market to them, but you're giving them something of value. Now there's a, you know, there's a company or a business that probably wouldn't think about courses, but he, he latched onto that idea. And I, I should probably follow up, see if he, you know, he's probably a busy guy. I don't know if he did it, but that would be an example of what a course uh, would be good for a, a B to C um, that maybe isn't traditionally with courses. Now you're to your point with courses and training and onboarding, every company should do it with online courses because employees can go back and reference that material. In fact, we have a lot of use cases of people using LearnDash that it doesn't seem as cool. You know, they're not selling all these courses, but they train their entire staff, new employees, existing employees with these online courses. So, and that's, uh, it's an asset for them. Yeah. And, you know, as I hear you talk about that, uh, I mean, anybody who sells, particularly sells a high end product or service, you know, there, there needs to be education. And, and, you know, the more that you can, you know, I'll go back to my remodeling contractor, the more that you can teach somebody, here's all the things that go into actually, you know, remodeling a kitchen. Here's how to consider what appliances to pick out. I mean, I, I think that would be uh, that would be a great course, you know, for somebody that's selling $50,000 kitchens. Yeah, absolutely. And even like to the point of, I think so, like not necessarily selling it, say you're an expertise in remodeling kitchens or whatever, you create the best course on that and you just give, a, you give it away, you know, and then somebody's going to take the course and there might be a small percentage that say like, um, you know, like, okay, I can do this now with this, this material, but there's probably going to be a large people that be like, can I just hire you to do it? <laughs> and then, you know, there you go, because you just proven you're an expert because you have the best course on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it does. That's another element of it. It, it sort of raises the bar because, you know, everybody else in the industry is, you know, has got the schlocky website still. And now you, you know, you've, you're basically training people. I mean, so it kind of raises your brand, I think. Uh, 
All right. So we do have to eventually talk about the technology. Um, so, to, so kind of walk us through what does somebody need to be thinking about? Obviously, they need to have, you know, a website um, or someplace that that they're, you know, is the home for it. But, you know, what are all the moving parts in in making a learning management system and signing people up and giving them access? What are all the moving parts? Yeah, that's a so the LMS space or learning management system is enormous and there's so many options out there. Uh, naturally, I'm I'm partial toward, towards WordPress because it's open source and um, allows you to kind of customize a learning program with with Learn Dash kind of at the helm, and then you you can add to it based on what your unique needs are. But let's you know without making it like a pitch or anything for Learn Dash, let's just look at it from a high level. What are some things you should consider when choosing an LMS from the tech standpoint? One would be uh, try to avoid lock in uh, vendor lock in, and some as LMSs by their nature can be very sticky, meaning once you're in, sometimes you're in there for a long time. Um, and that's even true from a LearnDash standpoint, though much, much less than if you're with like a hosted platform. Um, so that would be number one is, is getting something that is, uh, that is going to allow you to easily kind of move that content somewhere else if you want to. Um, secondly, I would say, Try to find something that isn't uh, that that branches out has an API, um, maybe Zapier. I mean, if they have Zapier, great. Then you're not going to be stuck with whatever internal tool that they use. Now, I'll give an example because um, this is something that I think we all, as people, wish there was that all-in-one product. We, I mean, that's something we've been selling to ourselves since the '50s with the blenders and everything. Uh, we wish that was out there. It doesn't exist for a reason. And what happens, I've seen this in the LMS space, I've seen it in other tech stacks as well, is somebody chooses an LMS because like, oh, they can do the lessons and the courses and the quizzes. Okay, great. But they can also do my email and my touch points and my forums and my, and then it just, it piles on and on. It sounds good on the surface, but if that company's focusing on all those very unique disciplines, it's not going to turn out too well. So I would say uh, at a high level, Try to avoid any kind of lock-in, whatever tool you're using, and then uh, make sure it's flexible. So rather than the API talk, just, uh, you know, is it flexible? Can you use other tools to as you grow? Because here's one thing I do know for certain. If you have a course or you have a learning program, and you can probably attest to this, it looks different. It will look different uh, a year from now than it does today because your learners are going to have more demands. You're going to want to meet those demands, and you want to offer them more things. If you're stuck, pigeonholed, um, you can't do that. Your business, your learning program cannot grow and therefore your business can't. So tell um, tell us about where people can find out about LearnDash and feel free to kind of talk about why you think, uh, you, you know, you've, you've hit on a unique space or a unique place in the LMS space. Yeah, certainly. So LearnDash.com is the best place to go. We have a great demo site. So I would just say go to the demo site. One of the courses on there, it's free to take. Just sign up. It walks through how to set up like a Learn Dash course, your first course. So it's like a we call it the boot camp. Um, it's the same training materials that are actually in the software. So when you get it and install it, you'd have access to that. But it's kind of a cool way to see behind the scenes and see if it's something that registers or clicks with you. Um, the, the reason I think that Learn Dash is uh, gaining popularity and is still around after all these years actually is just the the fact that WordPress is being is growing as well. I mean, thirty was a thirty three percent now of all websites are on WordPress. Um, it's open source, which means 
pretty much any developer can help you out if you get to a point where you feel like you need a developer. But besides that, there's all the plugins and the themes and that whole ecosystem where you can tinker and, and get exactly what you need. Uh, and it kind of harkens back to uh, the whole reason that LearnDash started is I was doing some research for my consulting uh, engagement that I had on an LMS. And I was going through the usual players and I just kind of wondered if there was an open source one besides Moodle, which people that are out there that happen to know Moodle, it's a, it's a bear. And there wasn't anything on WordPress at the time, which is what prompted, this is back in 2012. So this is what prompted the, the whole project. And um, I think we're seeing that people want that flexibility for learning programs to grow. There's no more of these big behemoth LMSs that cost tens of thousands of dollars a year. I mean, they still are there, believe me, but they're not needed. And so uh, if you're looking for something that's flexible, uh, pretty easy to just jump right in, has a community behind it, has been here for a long time and has big names trusting it in the WordPress space, then LearnDash is the go-to. Yeah, I think uh, I think that idea of, of having kind of the, the extendability, I mean, even within the LearnDash um, environment, there are people that are building extensions of LearnDash. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty funny how that works. I think uh, one of some of the coolest things I've seen are, are folks that are creating just full-blown mobile apps off of LearnDash. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, that is. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look into that myself. That sounds interesting. Awesome. Well, Justin, thanks so much for uh, stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast and talking a little about on lear- online learning and LearnDash. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll run into you uh, soon, uh, someday out there on the road. Oh, thanks so much, John. It was a pleasure.